What's going on, everybody? You're tuned into the More Than Paper Marriage podcast with the Jaspers and Johnsons right here on Transform City Radio. This is the podcast where we discuss the triumphs and challenges of marriages and how we can have a thriving marriage in spite of it all. Because guess what? Life happens to us all, but we have to find a way to get through it. So tune in for these conversations. Uh, because God is not concerned just about one area of your life, but he's concerned about every area of your life. And so it's it's t- marriage talk uh, with the Johnsons and the Jaspers. And we're so glad again for you to join us. And so tonight we're talking about rebuilding uh, and redefining uh, your marriage. And so I, I, this topic, just the Lord kind of laid on my heart uh, to go into because we're living in a day and a time that as we live through life, marriage in general goes through different seasons. Not every season is going to be a, a mountaintop experience. Sometimes there's things that occur in your marriage. There's things that occur in your life that will rock the boat a little bit. And if you don't know how what foundation to be on or where what tools to use in order to have the best marriage possible, then you'll find yourself in a second marriage when you really could have survived in your first one because the tools that you use uh if it's two people and i i use that as a, a caveat if there's two people um me and pastor queen were talking about this uh the, the other day um that the reason that i believe god says that the only causes for divorce should be infidelity or if the person wants to leave you if the unbeliever wants to depart the bible says let them let them depart i believe that the lord said it because if you're two believers there's nothing else that you shouldn't be able to work through, right? Um, because if you, two believers, the, the, one of the de- definitions of being a believer is being apt to change. And so when you're apt to change, that means when me as a spouse brings something to you or vice versa, then I should say, okay, well, I'm willing to work on that and change it. So God says, if, if you got two people that's willing to change, it should be nothing y'all can't survive, right? You should be able to get through what I got to do. It's a baby. I don't like that. It may have worked for me before, but that don't work for me no more. And this is who I am now. And then you say, okay, well, baby, I can change that. You know, as long as there ain't nothing crazy, like, baby, I want you to be 110 pounds. And if you ain't 110, I'm out the door. Now, that's some foolishness. Come on, somebody. Um, but other than that, we should be able to change, to adapt, because different seasons of life calls for a different version of us. Right. And so tonight we're talking about rebuilding and and redefining your marriage, because guess what? What happens in marriage a lot of times is there will be seasons of rebuilding. There'll be things that come your way in marriage, um, whether it's dealing with something between you two, dealing with something financially, dealing with something with your children, either as children or as adults. You know, God forbid sickness or or, uh, the devil tries to attack you with a sickness or something like that. There will be times when you have to break everything down to the studs and rebuild. Right. And so if you don't uh, get into the the, the mindset of I'm not going to give up, we're just going to rebuild. I'm not going to, to, to try to hold on to the old thing. We're just going to redefine, right? If, if, if you don't get into that mindset, you'll end a marriage that really is ordained of God, right? And that's why so many believers were just throwing the towel because number one, they're not willing to change. Number two, they're not willing or have that, the, 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 the gumption in them to rebuild and they don't have the, the patience to, re, uh, to redefine. Right. Um, And so tonight I'm praying that all of us, uh, the Johnsons and the Jaspers, that we will 
um, be transparent after I give just a little a little foundation that we'll be transparent and talking about our experience with rebuilding and redefining our marriage because it's not something that just happens to people in the pews. It happens to pastors all over the world and you can survive the, the, the fiery darts that the devil throws at you according to Ephesians 6, but you have to be willing to number one, hold on to the word of God, right? Despite your feelings, despite your situation, And number two, you have to be willing to rebuild and redefine. And so when you are able to do that, you can save your marriage. If you have, again, if two people are are committed to God, because the thing about change is if you're committed to God, the Lord causes causes us and calls us to change all the time. And so if you are committed to God, that means you should already be in the habit of changing. It shouldn't be something new when your spouse come to you with it because you're doing it for God all the time. When the Lord points out something to you that no longer works for who he's called you to be, you change. Right. You don't do it in your own strength. You do it by the the grace that he's given through the Holy Spirit that you change. And so if you can do it for God, who we are married to, we are the body of Christ who are married to the bridegroom, who is Jesus Christ. And if we can change for him as the husband to the body, we should be able to change to the person that mirrors him in the earth, which is our spouse. And so when they bring something to us that is valid, that's reasonable, that they're telling you, then it should be easy to change. And so when we have a heart, that heart of flesh that God talks about, we should be able to change. And so I want to just uh, name, uh, lay out two scriptures uh, for you tonight that I want us to examine. And so I'm going to uh, put it in, and God bless everybody. So I want to thank you for joining us. God bless my uncle Albert, who I've watched his marriage for probably, he's been married over 40 years now. And my uncle Albert has loved his wife with kindness as Christ has loved the church. So I thank you, Uncle Albert, for joining us tonight from New Jersey. God bless you. And you've been a shining example uh, to me. And I love you so much for that, you and Aunt Carol. And so we're going to go to, let's go to um, the, let's go to Psalms 127 first. Psalms 127. Psalms 127, Psalms 127, Psalms 127, and I'm going to put that in the chat, Psalms 127, Psalms 127 and 1. It says, it says, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain who build it. Except the Lord keeps the city, the watchman wakes, but in vain. So it says, unless the Lord is the one that builds whatever we're building, in this case, we're talking about marriage. Unless it's the Lord that builds or rebuilds your marriage, you're building in vain. So if you're building your marriage on money, if you're building your marriage on who got the hottest body, Because guess what? All of us will be 60 at one point and you can look good for 60, but you ain't going to be the newest thing on the block at 60. Just let this just know. Come on. Everybody will have some wrinkles. Come on, everybody. I mean, you can be fit and all of that, but that don't everything is not going to look the same as when you were 20 or when you were 16. So if it's got to be the hottest body, baby, and you got to be tight in every place, well, if it's built on anything other than what the Lord says marriage should be built on, you're building in in, in vain because there'll go seasons where you're tired. There'll go seasons when, when it's not all the way going the way that you want it to. There'll be physical things that can happen in your body that you have to come against. And, and, and if, if it's if it's built on anything other than what God says a marriage should be built on or rebuilt on, then you're doing it in vain. And it says, unless, uh, except the Lord keeps the city, 
or keeps your marriage or keeps your relationship. The watchman wake, wakes, uh, waketh, uh, wakes, but in vain. So it says that even if you said, no, I'm, I'm on my marriage, I'm on my marriage. But if I am not including God in it, I can watch, but I can't stop the attack. That's what that second part means. It says, unless the Lord keep the city, meaning that in, in that, in this particular context, a city used to have watchmen that stood at certain places on the, on the wall so they can see an enemy coming. And they're saying that even in all of the human efforts you can put into making your relationship work, unless you include the Lord, unless you allow the Lord to keep it, unless you, if you, unless you submit your relationship to the Lord, because a lot of times we're doing a lot of things in relationship and then asking the Lord to bless it. When the Lord says, no, in order for this marriage to work, I got to be in the midst of it. I got to be the orchestrator of the rebuilding and the redefining. You cannot do it without me because every time you can do all you can to make your marriage go right and you still come on. I know so many people that say, well, I did everything that I know. And I said, well, well did y'all submit your marriage to the Lord? Did you, you know, did you look through the word of what you should do as a husband and as a wife? No, I just did my best. Well, you, you were watching for things, but it's only the spirit of the Lord who has a bird's eye view that he can see every possibility. He can see every place that the enemies, the Bible says that God will not have us ignorant of the devil's devices. He's the only one that can see every place in the maze that the, the enemy is coming from to give you the heads up. So while you're looking one way, thinking that this is the real issue, the real issue is over here. And only the Lord can tell you that because you can't see everything. Right. So it says, unless the, the Lord keeps the city, the watchman waketh in vain. So he can get up and warn you that this is going on. But only the Lord reveals the heart. Hallelujah. Only the Lord reveals the heart. And so the next scripture we're going to go to. Right. So we're going to we're looking at that. So it says, unless the Lord builds or builds uh, unless the Lord builds that um, they do it in vain. Just give me one moment. I don't think of all of this is going to. So you can start to turn to, let's go to Exodus 26, Exodus 26, Exodus 26, Exodus 26, Exodus 26, Exodus 26. All right. All right, so I'm going to read it to you. So I'm reading quite a bit. Exodus 26, starting at the first verse. It says, Moreover, you shall make the tabernacle with ten curtains of fine twine linen and blue and purple and scarlet stuff, uh, where cherubim skillfully embroidered shall you make them. The length of one curtain shall be 28 cubits and the breadth, the breadth of one curtain four cubits. Each of the curtains shall measure the same. The five curtains shall be coupled to one another and the other five curtains shall be coupled to one another. And you shall make loops of blue on the edge of the last curtain in the first set and likewise in the second set. 50 loops you shall make on the one curtain and 50 loops on the edge of the last curtain that is in the second coupling or set so that the loops are on one correspond to the loops on the other. And you shall make 50 clasps of gold and fasten the curtains together with the clasps. Then the tabernacle shall be one whole and make curtains of goat's hair to be a second covering over the tabernacle. 11 curtains shall you make 
One curtain shall be 30 cubits long and four cubits wide, and the 11 curtains shall all measure the same. You shall join together five curtains by themselves and the six curtains by themselves, and you shall double over the sixth curtain in the front of the tabernacle to make a closed door, and make 50 loops on the edge of the outermost curtain in the one set, and 50 loops on the edge of the outermost curtain in the second set. You shall make 50 clasps of bronze and put the clasp into the loops and couple the tent together that it may be one whole. The surplus that remains of the tent curtains, the half curtain that remains shall hang over the back of the tabernacle and the cubit on one side and the cubit on the other side of what remains in the length of the curtains of the tent shall hang over the sides of the tabernacle on this side and, and that side to cover it. You shall make a third covering for the tent of ram skins, tan red, and a fourth covering above that of dolphin or, or porpoise skins. And you shall make the upright frame for the tabernacle of the boards of acacia wood. Ten cubits shall be the length of a board, and a cubit and a half shall be the breadth of one board. Make two tenons in each board for uh, dovetailing and fitting together, so shall you do for all the tabernacle boards. And make the boards for the tabernacle twenty borders for the south side, and you shall make forty silver sockets under the twenty boards, two sockets under each board, for it is two uh, tenons. And for the north side of the tabernacle, there shall be twenty boards, and there and there forty silver sockets, two sockets on each board. For the back or the west side of the tabernacle, you shall make six boards. Make two boards for the corners of the tabernacle and the rear on both sides. And so I read that um, to, to, to reinforce that at this time, God is speaking to Moses and giving him specific instructions for the building of the tabernacle. Right. So this goes on from chapter to chapter. God said, I wanted this long, this how many cubits, this one and a half, this and, and two and a half and make this part go. And I need 50 loops here and 40 loops here. What am I saying? I'm saying that whenever God is building something or rebuilding something, if it is of the Lord, he is very specific about how he wants it done. So how can we have a marriage that does not include the Lord? So sometimes you may be in a place in your life where your marriage is in turmoil, is in shambles. This is not the time to walk away from the building project. This is just the time that I need the blueprints from the Lord to rebuild. Right. And so when we do that, though, I can't do it by my own knowledge of what I think looks good or works best. I got to go back and say, Lord, give me the blueprint again. Lord, if we're rebuilding, sometimes you have to, in marriage, you have to start from scratch and say everything we tried has not worked. And so now, Lord, we're going to rebuild only with what you give. Sometimes it means getting you a multitude of counselors around you, godly counsel that can tell you, give you instruction and give you guidance led by the spirit of the Lord. Sometimes it's praying, sometimes it's fasting. But if you're going to rebuild it, if you're going to redesign it, it, the Lord has to be included. So here God has given uh, Moses the, the, the instructions for the tabernacle. And then the Bible tells us in the New Testament that we are the tabernacle of the Holy Spirit. And then, so anything that is of God, God has an instruction for, or blueprints for. Then he told, at the beginning of, at the beginning in Genesis, he told Adam, he, he said about Adam, he said, it's not good for man to be alone. We need to, uh, we need to make him a helper that will help him and be a helpmate to him. And so then he brought, God brought Eve and God performed the first marriage in the garden. And then the Lord, I'm sure during that time, gave them instructions on how you're a husband and how you are a wife to one another. He gave them specific instructions about everything they were to do. So why in our life today do we fail in marriage? Because we don't allow God to redefine and to design the marriages that we're in. Anything that God has his hands on, he has, a, he has thoughts about. 
<laughs> he has input about, right? God told Jeremiah, before I formed you in mother's womb, I knew you. I sanctified her, then he called you to be. Then he says in Jeremiah 29, uh, he says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a hope in the future. It's the same thing regarding our marriage. Again, life is going to happen to us all. Good things are going to happen in your life and bad things are going to happen in your life. So to take it a step further, good things are going to happen in your marriage and, and potentially devastating things are going to happen in your marriage. But it's not about what happens. It's about how you recover. Come on. It's about how you recover. We all, nobody's marriage is perfect. Nobody's marriage has been a crystal stair where everything was wonderful and you got up every morning and said, you just the best thing since sliced bread and I just love you, baby. Oh, every day of my moment, I'm aching for you. I'm, I'm, I'm yearning for you every moment of the day, baby. I just can't get enough of looking at you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Because if that's the case, you got an idol. You ain't got a wife. You got an idol. <laughs> right? Um, But with the Lord, a lot of times the Lord is saying to us, that when you when help let me give you the instructions so that on those days when you say you get on my nerves and if I if I won't save I will sock you in your eye <laughs> right how you can get through that season back to the place where you said baby I love you and we together and, and though it may not be perfect we're gonna thrive in this marriage we're not just gonna stay married to say we married we're gonna thrive and we're gonna enjoy each other right and so there there's gonna be times so tonight we're just talking about being transparent about those seasons where we have to rebuild and we have to be redefined. So what I'm going to do is talk about us first. Um, I think that one of the crucial points in our marriage, even as pastors, happened last year when COVID hit. Um, because there was a, a season when COVID first hit, we had, uh, I was, I'm introverted. And so I, I thrive in having time by myself. Uh, but then my wife was still in her office. My son came home. Uh, I coincidentally left, we had a new puppy. And so I became not just a, a doing my job, but I became the cafeteria guy, I became the student teacher, I became the, the teacher's assistant, I became the, the lunch guy, I became taking care of the house and making sure the bills are still paid, I, I became the person taking care of a new dog and, and all that, all in the same season. And I felt like I was losing my mind. So for me to figure out what's going on, I shut down. But what that did to my wife is, is signaled to her whether it's true or not. Because see, what happens in marriage a lot of times, it doesn't matter if it, if what's going on is the truth. The fact is, in the moment, there'll be season where you feel a certain way. And if you don't address it, that's the foothold that the devil gains in your marriage, right? And so my wife felt like I was avoiding her. But really, I was trying to articulate, get gain the words to articulate what's going on. And so over time... This went on for a while, and over time, my wife came to me one day, and she said to me, she said, if I'm not what you want, let's just go our separate ways. If I don't make you happy, if I if I don't, let's just, don't, don't, don't try to hold on to me, just let me go, right? And though people say, wow, as pastors, y'all said that to each other? Absolutely, but we, I didn't look at it as a moment to talk about divorce. It was a moment to say, we are at a place well, we need to rebuild and we need to redefine what our marriage is going to be now, right? And so the, the problem with a lot of married couples is when you get to those hard conversations, no pun intended, what happens is we think that divorce is the option when really it's something that happens in everybody's marriage. But this is the point where you get to decide what the next season of your marriage is going to look like.
Are you going to redesign and rebuild? Because redesigning is not a bad thing. It should be an exciting thing. Well, baby, who are we going to be now? Yeah, we got to have these hard conversations because it's real. We're living in a real world with real issues, but we're also living in relationship with the real God. And so though we're going through this in our marriage, Lord, help us to redefine it. Let's go back to what, what we know. Let's go back to the word of God. Let's talk about the issues that we're facing and let's include God in how can we rebuild? Because the Bible says, unless the Lord build the city or build build the, the, the house, the builders build in vain. So anything that we, we built, whatever you build from the ashes, it can be beautiful again. The Bible, there was many times when the people of Israel lost everything, but the Lord says that we're going to rebuild the people of God again. And you'll forget how bad it was because I'll give you beauty for ashes. I'll give you the joy of oil. I'll give you the oil of joy for mourning that you won't even remember how it used to be because it's the rebuild. Hallelujah. The redefine the the, 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 the 2.0 version will be greater than everything that you left behind. And so now I want to hand it to my wife to just kind of tell her perspective on our story. Oh, because I was about to say, you ain't finish it. <laughs> um, yeah, during that time, there was a lot of transitioning happening internally with both of us. And so it's like you're walking around, you're being processed by God individually, but you're not articulating it to each other. So you don't realize that how you're walking around each other is actually offending the other person. And so it was offending me. I started feeling a certain type of way and imagine you're not articulating it. So whatever is not understood or whatever is in the dark or whatever is not explained, the devil is going to make it larger than life and make you feel like something is happening. And so of course, when we finally have the conversation, I'm just like, you can just let me go. Like I'm not about to walk around and act like that this is cool with me. You know, um, and this is in tears and everything. And I think at that point he realized like, this is not even what it is. It's not even the real reality. Well, it, you should have articulated what in the world was going on with you. Um, because you sending off vibes, like, I don't want to be around you at all. Um, and I'm asking you, you know, like, you know, what's on your heart, what's on your mind. And you just, you know, brushing it off and stuff like that. And I'm just like, what is happening? Like trying to have a conversation with the Lord, but the conversation with the devil is in your ear too. Like it's a lot that was going on with me. And on top of that, with my background, um, I always have to contend with the spirit of abandonment because of where I come from. And so I always have to be very cognizant when the devil is trying to create scenarios that aren't real. But this was a scenario where he was becoming a contributor to it. So in my world, I'm thinking that this, that something is happening and he is no longer even trying to deal with me. But in his world, he's like, something is happening. I'm about to lose my mind. Like, I, I feel like I'm going to go insane. It's too many, you know, factors. This is pastoring a church through pandemic. Okay. That ain't an easy task. I'm still having a conversation with the Lord about it tonight like today like we shut down again the, the, men the mental capacity of the people so anyway it's a lot to contend with right and so you know as as leaders you got as pastors we have to be even more cognizant because you have people who are also watching your life so you gotta have everything vulnerable in your marriage like open and all of that because the enemy is always trying to take the head down always trying to take it down by any means necessary that destroy the marriage because it can affect the church trying to 
just whatever. The devil always has a, a purpose, a plot, and a plan that he's trying to orchestrate in your life. And so we finally have this conversation. I finally tell him, you can just let me go because I'm not doing this. You know, he finally tells me everything that was going on with him, which is which gave me so much understanding. Um, because even at that time when he was articulating it, another part is when the person that you're kind of offended at is articulating their moment and what's happening, you can't uh, be so quick to go to insert what's wrong with you. <laughs> so God was coaching me through this whole conversation saying, don't say a word, let him completely get it all the way out. Even though in my mind, I want to say, but you, but, but, you know, an insert, but you're not going to solve it if you're not hearing what is being said and getting and getting and, and allowing God to give you discernment about the big picture. Because at this moment, when he's articulating the changes that is happening with him as a person, it has nothing to do with me. Right. So God is bringing down my defense while he's talking. And then I remember saying in my mind, what else can I do? Because I feel like, you know, if I take on something else, so me being the person that I am, I want to lighten the load in his life, thinking that that's going to help, even though that's not what he's asking. So I'm like, well, what more you want me to do? Do you want me to, you know, do you want me to do the bills? Like, what do you want me to do? You know, um, trying to take on more of his roles and feeling like, well, I have the capacity to do it. You know, I can, I can do this or whatever, but that wasn't what he was asking. He just was simply articulating. I am understanding my introvertedness and I'm articulating to you that we need to redefine what all of this looks like. And so our decision-making from this point has to be from the lens that I am a person who needs time away. And because I'm an extrovert, I'm the person who needs time with you. I get fueled with people. He gets fueled away from people. Now that don't mean the extroverts don't get refueled by themselves because they also need time to themselves, but it's not the measure that an introvert would need it. So understanding that our relationship has gotten way better, right? And not only with just him, but all my relationships in life, like with my friends, I'm un I understand completely because he was able to school me on what an introvert needs and if you're in a marriage where you can't articulate your needs your wants and your desires and the other person can't respect that or figure out how they can adjust to make it all fit together so that so both parties can be happy that there's a there's a rude part there's a serious problem it's going to always be a problem until everybody adjusts to each other you know and so one of the things that bradley did to come out of his comfort zone to meet my need is he has on the calendar that every other Wednesday is a date night with my wife. Now that makes me happy. I look forward to the things and he's kind of behind on that. Cause you know, last month we had so much going on and it was only one date. So, you know, you kind of owe me like a couple more this month, but I just had to put that in there just to be funny, but that is what makes me happy. And what makes him happy, I have to let him go into his office, close the door, shut it. Or I have to say, me and Brandon is gone for the day, or we're going somewhere. I have to give him the space to think, be with God, have time to himself, rejuvenate. So by the time he sees us again, 
he is so happy and he wants to be in our presence like he is like yo like, come on let's watch a movie i really want to spend time with you and i love that because i'm all here for it oh you ready to spend time i got enough energy to match all that boo but i have to allow his battery to get recharged and for me i'm like okay i know what to do now i know that he likes to be at home by himself some Saturdays after you finish working all and we got Brandon at the house and meetings going on noise everywhere you know he's going to need that space so I strategically try to think of things like okay I'm gonna go out with my friends and or I'm gonna take Brandon here or whatever the case may be to give him the recharge so that by the time I come home he wants me <laughs> he ain't looking at me like I wish you would go somewhere you never want to have, you never want to allow your spouse to be at a point where they're like return to sender i am sick of this <laughs> you don't want it to get to that point so that's why it's always you know pleasant and it's always conducive for both parties to change like um who bradley was when i dated him is a completely different person right now not that he's a completely different personality he has matured adjusted and figured out more of who he is and what he needs and what he desires as a person so i can't be mad that i don't have the same person when you go into a marriage you are signing up for not only that person but the person they're becoming <laughs> and if you don't acknowledge that and come to grips with that you will try to you will try to hamper or you will try to clamp down and say i want you to just be this and then that person if they don't realize it they will go quiet and they will be miserable in the marriage while you over here being happy because you're busy trying to control their life and their growth so you have to take the boundaries off and let that person be who they are in god or they will no longer be in a real true covenant relationship with you they will check out on you if you try to control the person that they're becoming so that's what, what you got Go ahead. Let's, let's throw something out there. Um, and so for somebody that's listening to this, that says, well, I, um, that offends me because um, this person is not the person I married. Here's, here is the measuring rod for that. Is the person that they become still a reflection of who Christ is? Mm -hmm. That's a good one because I have the right to change as a person as long as the person I change into still reflects who Christ is. Yeah. And so they're, they're, Christ is so vast right so i used to like catch up on this now i don't like it on that no more that ain't nothing for you to lead me over that get that have a right to change i have a right to change that's not contrary to christ i'm still resembling him i'm just a different version of me and so it's not we nobody it's not false advertising for somebody to grow and develop how you measure if the change is good or bad is that if the change that they made do they still reflect the character, the communication, uh, the words, the, the character, the communication, um, the, the the mind of Christ? And if the answer is yes, let that person grow. They still in Jesus. They still they still reflect Him. They're just becoming more mature in who He's made them to be in the earth for such a time as this. Because throughout our lifetime, there will be the times would change, the seasons would change. And God commands his people to change because what's needed in 2030 is not what's needed in 2021. So the reason you have to become a new version of you is because what's needed and wh who I will be to my wife in 2000 and, uh, 2030 is going to be different because who God needs us to be in the earth for such a time as that is different than what it was here. So I'll be a different me, but it will still be a me in Christ. Absolutely. Jazz, what's what you got? Elvin, you want to go first? 
So I so I know for me and Elvin, we had a few a few times that we had to rebuild and redefine our marriage and who we were in the marriage. Um, one one thing in particular, um, I remember just a season where we were just going. We had to grow up together. So I remember going back to our my mom's house and how just crazy of a situation that was bringing uh, the both of us. Did we have Kale then? I think we had Kale. It was all four of us. And we had to go back to my mom's house. And, you know, at first it's all right. But then, you know, after a while it gets crowded and it was just a lot going on. And I just remember being in such a, during that time we was, and we was fighting with each other and just in this vein of each other both of us were bitter about the situation and then along with that on top of that we were colliding with with my parents and and just the whole situation was too much for everybody i think that season was like one of the darkest times because we was just so at each other and it felt like it, it one thing that um i think one thing that causes people to just say forget it is like it feels like sometimes it feels like it's never going to change bruh sometimes that that weight of oh my god like this is is this what we gonna be forever because if so i will just let's just nah let's just let's just tear the whole thing down and go our separate ways and so it it took you know, it was, it felt like that at times where it was like, nah, you know, this ain't, I think we made the wrong choice. And it's so funny because just like you were saying, Pastor, uh, Pastor Queen, about that voice, because even if, like, like when we first got married, I felt I heard from the Lord that we should be married. Now, did I go to the Lord and seek how and when? No, I just figured, let's go ahead and get married now since we already living together. But, and so I always think I would do that different. And I advise people, like, that's one of my things. Don't, you know, don't just jump into it. Like you were saying, seek God about the details so that you're not jumping out of season into a situation. And I think um, because those, all of those years, like as soon as we got married, even though we always been cool, it was like rough, like, it was rough. We, we, you know, we had children. Our finances wasn't in order. Um, you know, we was kind of separate on vision and what we saw for ourselves. We didn't really ever come learn to like come together and come with a, a joint vision. And what you were going to say? And so like just being with my, just so that, that season <laughs> of having to go back to my mom's house after we moved out and like that disappointment and then not knowing because we both come from you know poverty backgrounds or not being financially literate we literally was growing up together like adulting learning to grow up as adult even though he older than me he didn't you know what I'm saying he wasn't in the in the in the type of lifestyle where he you know what he was taking care of his business and all of that. He was just out there thugging. And then me, I'm coming, I was younger, so I'm coming out of my parents' house and I always had my parents to fall on. And so it was a disappointment to me to have to fall back on my parents again. And it was it was a looking, you know, we all was looking down on him like, you the man, I shouldn't have to follow my daddy and my mom. You know, it was, 
it was just a big tussle, yo. And it took, so it took a lot of things. Of course, we had to go to camps and stuff, but it took us finally saying, okay, first and foremost, we're going to get this extra, extra weight up off of us. So we're going to come on up out of their house and we're going to have to, we going we in this, this is it. We can't go back. Okay. So if we got to sleep in our car, if we go, have, you know what I'm saying? Whatever we got to go through to stay out of my parents' house and take that burden off of them, let, let's settle on that first. And then it took us, it took me, um, and, and a lot of times I had to, you know, I was defending him, but at the same time, I would turn around and beat him up too. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll be like, don't talk about him like that. But then I'd be like, you did this. You, you, it's all your fault. And so once we got from up under them and allowed, you know, allowed them to have their home back, which was rightfully theirs, we had to, we had, we had to decide, okay, this is how we're going to do this. And then I had to, I had to, I had to be okay with taking on, at that time, taking on most of the financial burden. Cause for a long time, I felt, I felt bitter about that. I was like, you know, I shouldn't be the one that's, you know, I shouldn't be doing all of this. And I just felt like I used that to like beat him down and make him feel like he was not a man. And I'm talking about, it was, it was really hard. And so when I just decided like, look at me now. I, I, we know, we, we, we can tell a testimony. Let's go through it. Let's go through it though. But seriously, like we was, <laughs> we, we seriously was, you know, it was like that where, I, I was making the most money at the time and so I had to I had to take care of most of the finances and taking care of the household and like I felt like I knew it all about how to raise a child and all of that so I felt like I was taking on the leadership role but at the same time it was like he could never just be he was he was the he was the punching bag that was his assignment in our family for a long time and when i look back now i'm like oh my god that's straight torture that was abuse and i can't believe you stayed <laughs> like because i wouldn't i wouldn't have, you know i wouldn't have been able to deal with that if it was if the tables was turned so it took us it took me humbling myself it took us going to counseling and having a conversation it was rough man we we didn't think we was gonna make it out of counseling some days i i i, I stumped out of counseling some days i slammed some doors I, I i i was yelling all of that it was a fight yo but when i finally humbled myself and oh, allowed man. god to be god in our life allow god to be god in his life and 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 just voice my concerns and go before God with my concerns. That's another thing. Taking on the whole, taking on the whole situation on my own shoulders and not learning how to go before God about it. That's something that's like really big now in my in our marriage. Like both of us, we know how to go to God now. First, when we having that issue, when we starting to feel ourselves rile up, go to your let's go to our corners. I, I'm not we're gonna come back and the Holy Spirit show up right in the air. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like right in the air. The whole, you know, we come, we able to come at like we don't linger in that anger like we used to. You know what I'm saying? And so that was that was the main thing, like having the humble taking the extra weight, the extra pressure off of what people want you to do, everything else, and then humbling yourself to say, okay, I'm wrong right here. 
I need to fix this. And then allowing God, God to be God and going to God about everything. And then that way we was able to rebuild. I never forget. And, and, and I never forget as soon after that, we was in our own home. We was back living on our own then. But I remember it was a, a passive of bread. You had prophesied and you was like, your marriage will be beautiful again and i just remember holding on to that and like just saying my marriage is going to be beautiful again and little by little by little i seen it i seen god i seen this man start to develop his relationship with the holy spirit okay so now he's hearing from god and he's hearing very precisely and and i'm, I'm seeing him do the things that i complained for for years like i remember elvin was not a i came from a family where we gave gifts like that was a thing and that's a thing that i enjoy i enjoy like giving and i enjoy receiving gifts and so like he wasn't used to that and for a long time in my our relationship, even though at, in the beginning it was all lovey-dovey, like, yeah, you know, I just need you. And then after a few years, I started growing up and like, you know, I would like some flowers, you know, not flowers, I never like flowers. I would like an outfit, <laughs> an earring, you know, I would like some shoes, you know, I would like you to go out of your way to surprise me. I like that, you know what I'm saying? And I started voicing it. Okay, so he was he was getting it little by little, like he would buy something and it just it just be like, here, the bag, you know, he had it, but now, he got it, like he got it. You know, he got it where he will surprise me. He got it where he'll wrap it up. He got it where he'll actually add a card to the gift. You know, he didn't he didn't been with me long enough to know what what I like, and so I just seen the growth. So now I don't have to worry about gifts and all. You know that that was our thing for a long time. Like you don't even have you don't have no type of romance idea. Now he getting it. Now he get. Now he saying oh let's go here this night i want to take you there oh that would be you know so it's like oh my god okay we rebuild and we growing in this area thank god that you listen but i'm gonna let you talk <laughs> <laughs> she just said everything well let me no go, go ahead go ahead, oh. go ahead. No, no go ahead for you i don't want you to forget it because i can't forget this one of the things that you said, Sherelle, that was so good is, so me and Pastor Queen watch a lot of HDTV, right? And you see people do a lot of renovations, a lot of things in your home. I'm of the mindset that depending upon what type of space you have in your home, I'm, I love is a show called um, De Rental No Demo, right? Because this girl goes in and she sees that you got all this space in your house and you don't have to sell your house, but you can take everything down to the studs and rebuild it and it'll be beautiful again, right? And so what I take that in what you said with your marriage is that you bought some things from your growing up, Elvin bought things from his growing up. And what happens is you have to at some at every so often in your marriage, the Lord commands us to strip everything to the studs and stand back That's and take a look. Come on. And say and That's say, what I was ready to say. That was the first thing yeah. I was ready to say. I know. Yeah. Like, I have a what we got here. So let's look at and and, and then like for instance, because sometimes our parents and they love us and they're doing their best to give us what they've experienced, right? But their experience is not always our life. And so what happens right. is you have to say, well, who said the bathroom got to be over there and the and the the couch got to be over there? Who's that? That yeah. worked for you, but this is the house that the Lord is building for us, right? Right. And so we gotta we no, we don't want it over there for this season of our marriage. We need the couch over here. 
right? Maybe right. twenty. Even when you see kids, where people have like a lot of times on those shows, you'll see where hey, now the kids are gone, and so now I want to do something different with the house. Why? Because now I'm in a different season. We don't have children right. here, and though this worked when they were here, now we're gonna take everything down to the studs again, and we're gonna rebuild right. and redefine what our house is gonna look like, right? And right. so. I, a lot of I'll say this, Elvin, and I'm done. Um, a lot of times in kingdom marriages, kingdom marriages are not ending because of a lack of love. Kingdom marriages are ending because of a lack of change. Absolutely right. So, it like, cause, cause, think about it this way: when the Lord said, like, if you ask, like, we, me and Pastor Queen last year when we had that discussion, I said, "You still love me? Yeah, you still love me? Yeah, you still want to be with me? Yeah." All right. So what? So if we still love each other, right? We still both serving the Lord. And you said, well, you willing to change? Yeah, I'm willing to change. And we don't need to break up. What we break up for? Like, if, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's just that simple. If you got two people that says, I'm willing to take it down to the studs with you. And though it may look ugly for a while, because anytime you see a, a, a renovation show, when they pull everything out, they walk in the house and be like, how is this ever going to be beautiful? Like you said, exactly. Lord exactly. have mercy, we ain't got nothing in here. This is just exactly. some, some walls, some bare walls and some nails. It look terrible in here. But then they come back and they are weeping tears of joy because though right. they didn't have a vision for it, God did. And if you allow the renovator, hallelujah, to come in yeah. and renovate and he give you ideas and vision for what's to yeah. come. And then you say, okay, God, I'm going to give you the free reins to be God. Like like they tell the, the people that's renovating their house. I'm going to give you free reins to renovate whatever. I, I, I like that. I like that. Because the Lord does ask us what we like. Lord, you God right. gives us the desires of our heart. And he said, well, Lord, I would like him to be more like this. Or I would like her to be more like that. And then, but you say, I don't know how it's all going to come together because that's not our business. That's God's business. He's the renovator. Right. And then you say, okay, right. it looked bare right now, but I'm going to trust you. And you look up six yeah. months. And you saying, my God, this is beautiful. It's more beautiful than I could even imagine, even a vision I So that's what the Bible says. I has not seen, nor ears hear, nor is into the heart of man what God has prepared for them that love yeah. it. Right? So the yeah. renovator gives you, God being the renovator, the rebuilder, the redesigner, he shows us mock-ups. And it's just a glimpse. Yeah. Right? So you ain't seen it in real time. But if you're if you give in to the process and you're willing to change. You'll look up and you'll be trying to say, how do we, this is, my God, this is more beautiful than, you, you know, when, when me and Pastor Queen moved yeah. into this house, when you, we'll come over here when they start putting the walls up and be like, now how this going to look when it's done? Lord, I, I wonder if this don't even look, this don't look kind of small in this section. How this, I don't see, how they going to put this together? And when you, when it's done, you be like, I was standing in, in just studs and sawdust. And now yeah. look what the builder has done. Look what the builder has done. Yes, yes. Oh. And, and when I think about our marriage, I, in that, using that same example, I just think about how we, our marriage started off as a, the raggedy trap house, the, <laughs> the abandoned house on the block. And 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 and, 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 and guess what though? No, the Lord came, and we was we was we was we was bright eyed and bushy tail, like they say, just like. Yeah, we gonna we gonna we gonna make this work. We gonna make this trap house work. We gonna make this little raggedy house work, and we go. And the Lord came through. Yeah, see, and that's all, what it was, and, yeah. See, that's why I wanted to say like, but see, the difference with us is we had the Lord had to like like allow a separation. Yes, because he wanted to rebuild us uh, separately. separately. Yes, like you know, we was just a hot mess being tight and you know what I'm saying going nowhere right tight you know what I'm saying we cool we cool about media I mean you know what I'm saying not even mediocre 
mediocre week. You know what I'm saying? We at the bottom of it. You know what I'm saying? But we cool with that. God won't go on for that. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and it was that individual. So he started, so he started you know, opening our eyes to seeing things like flaws and everything that you wouldn't normally see. You know what I'm saying? When you when you so-called in love. You know what I'm saying? So he started, you know, slowly, slowly but surely he started opening up and started opening our eyes to seeing flaws in each other. So, and we both was broken at the time. Yeah. So, so he had to rebuild us in order for us, to, you know what I'm saying, to start rebuilding our marriage. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and yeah. when you don't have God, like, it's like you're trying to build, but you don't have the tool. Yeah, yeah. Come on. It's, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You don't got no ha- you don't got no hammer, you don't got no nails, you don't got no saw, but you just got a whole oh, bunch yeah. of boards. And, and you're just standing there looking at them. Because you can't, because every time you try to put it together, as soon as, you, as, soon as the wind comes, it's going to fall. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, 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 so that was that was our situation, and and even though we was even when we moved here, it was still a little rocky. So he kept, you know what I'm saying? Here, here, keep it where to where we not all the way back until you know. So it was time to reintroduce each other. You know what I'm saying? To ourselves mm-hmm. to each other. You know what I'm saying? As the new, sometimes that's what you have to do as you're growing. Yeah. You have to okay. Not a lot, like Jay Z said, allow me to reintroduce myself. You know what I'm saying? This, this, this is me now. It's still, like you said, it's still up under the umbrella of Christ, and, and it's, it's still. I'm not doing nothing contrary to the word, but this is the new me. Like you said, I don't like that. Right? No, I don't. I don't like going to the club no more. You know what I'm saying? So you have to find somewhere else to go. You know what I'm saying? You, I don't like doing this. I don't like. I want to save more now. I'm trying to do this. You know what I'm saying? So you you have to articulate those things in your spouse. Okay, God is working. You know, because God be working with me by myself on a lot of stuff before I bring it to her. Mm-hmm. You know, it might be a month. It might be two months before I even bring it to her. You know, but it's it's like and then she'd be like, oh, so you doing that now? Or so you doing that now? It, or I'll be doing something that she been fussing about. Like she said, I just pop up. The Holy Spirit will be like, okay, do this. And you know what I'm saying? Every time it always hit. Like I be, like she said, we started, like the Holy Spirit will be like, we'll get in an argument. I remember one night we had gotten into an argument and I was downstairs and I was washing dishes and she was upstairs. And you know, Rail, her pride. <laughs> when she get mad. But I, she no no I'm just playing but she's no she's real good now but at this time I was like <laughs> she, she had made, look no she had made me mad you know what I'm saying so it was like I'm downstairs I know she mad and when she mad she don't want to call me at all so the Holy Spirit was like go apologize I'm like I didn't do nothing with <laughs> her why why I got apologize she need to apologize to me the Holy Spirit was like, <laughs> the Holy Spirit was like, "No, you go apologize." And soon as I got up here, soon as I went, I walked through the door. She was like, "Baby, I'm sorry." So, so, but if I wouldn't have never obeyed the Holy Spirit, she probably, I probably wouldn't have gotten the apology. <laughs> but because I obeyed, <laughs> but because I obeyed and I came up here, I was met. He was telling me to go because I'm doing. I didn't did something in her. That I want you to see. It was like, you know what I'm saying? 
So and let me let me speak on one more. I just got <laughs> one more thing that I need to speak on that the Holy Spirit reminded me of as he was talking. I remember too. This is this is a part of redefining and rebuilding, getting to know the person that you know, understanding the person that. Uh, that your spouse is growing into the person that they are becoming and being okay with it. Let me tell you something because it's funny because I prayed, I prayed for, I prayed for him to grow into this person, but there was a time where I felt like I ain't like, you know, you know what conversation I'm talking about. I said, I was just like, how come? You I, and this was it. This was me and my pride. I'm talking about I, this was a very ugly moment that I'm about to share. But I just remember being like, you, you just get to. I, I just don't understand how you, you don't study like I do. You and and everything you say is just straight from the spirit. I was so <laughs> jealous because I, I, I was so mad. I'm like, everything you say is so profound and. You know, you just you just seen as like, and I was going in like I had I I never forget it I I never forget it I felt in that moment and I was so it was so nasty that afterwards I was like ill like I I literally was I'm literally had him I like was ja I was super jealous of him in that moment I was just like. You don't even study like I do. You don't, and everything you say is just profound. Like how come I and I was and I realized at that time too. I was I was going through with my you know I was going through with the spirit like and with God trying to go trying to understand how I can hear more and, how, and I was just feeling unsatisfied in that moment with myself and with my own spiritual walk and feeling like you know I was just going through a little turmoil in myself and so I looked at him that night and I was like. You don't even study like I do. Everything, every time you say something, everybody just like, oh my gosh, Elvin just Elvin dropping palms and all of that, and he just and everybody want to hear what. And I was just pissed. I was going off on him, and I remember going upstairs, and I'm and 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 this, and this God had to deal with me like, oh my gosh, you you really jealous of, and, and so I say all that to say. I, I had to have my moment with the Lord, like, Lord, I repent. Like, I don't, that was, that was very, like, nasty of me. I don't even like, I don't want to be that person that's, that's jealous of my spouse. I don't want to be that person that's in competition with my spouse. And so I had to check that, like, ASAP, because I prayed for him to become better. So now he's becoming better. Now he's hearing from the Lord. Now he's able to stand on his own. Now he is understanding the word deeper. Now he is able to mentor and give insight. Now he is rising up to the leader. And I'm so used to being the leader of the household and, and being that, 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 let me speak to the women, yo. Cause sometimes we as black women, we be, we so used to taking the lead and we feel like we gotta be independent and we gotta, we, you know, we just have that strongness that we always try to over exert and, and and insert at all time and sometimes when a man uh um come over us it feels like they they taking over us so you know what i'm saying you feel like the the submitting and the the um and and the and the following him feels sometimes it can feel unnatural and i think in that mo in that time i was feeling you know i wasn't satisfied with myself i was beating him up for it again so so I just remember like, oh my God, okay, this is who he's, this is what I've been praying for. I've been praying for him to be a coach. I've been praying for his business. I've been praying for him to walk forward. I've been praying for him to take the lead. I've been praying for this. So why are you mad? Come back, Sherelle, come back. So, and, and so 
that's a part of also rebuilding and re redefining he re redefining himself as a man a man of god a man that's 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 becoming that's all that's now um instead of being a young thug that was didn't like himself that has safe self-hatred and all that now he's rising up to somebody that knows himself and loves himself and is willing and and willing and ready to help others to do the same and so you have to be okay with that that person is celebrating forward in god and that's a beautiful thing and i want you to do that so that's a real thing that we don't talk about a lot like being jealous with each, our own mm -hmm. spouses or whatever but that's a real thing in that moment i was like oh i you know i don't want to get like that so let's talk about it and i was transparent with him mm -hmm. and i told him i think in that moment because i was feeling clouded in my walk with the lord i was i wanted to argue with somebody about it i chose you you know what i'm saying instead of lord <laughs> in the spirit but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I chose to beat up on you instead and that wasn't right but and i felt jealous of you i did but i'm off the, and i want you to be all that you god called you to be and keep going forward because i'd be tripping because i'd be like i don't know why the holy spirit keep talking to me i don't know that i don't i don't know he, he chose you ain't in control about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah i don't know why he he chooses to you know have conversations with me or bless me with gifts, whatever the case may be it's all him it ain't me so please don't kill me but <laughs> I know one thing I was reminded um, when y'all was talking I was reminded of um, Proverbs 14 a wise woman builds her house but a foolish one plucketh it down with her hands um, and it's almost like you know you you pray for the spouse to be a certain way then when it happens you can't even handle it because jealousy right. is a real thing that happened there's been plenty of times I have been jealous over Bradley and had to check myself because <laughs> the, the alternative is what kind of man do you want really then if you're not gonna celebrate exactly. the greatness what you asking for then right exactly. and so the, other, the other part is i thought about was um we always talking about so god rocked my world with that daggone love your neighbor as yourself Right, and I, I bring it up to every relationship conversation, and everybody looks at me with a, like a deer in headlights because I legit have looked at God like that's a whole freaking message. Because we always be like, Yeah, love your neighbor as yourself, and we're just thinking we're gonna just love our neighbor, right? But He said, As yourself, meaning to the capacity to that you love yourself. That means I can only give my spouse the measure that I love myself, so it's important for me as an individual to literally fall in love with me so that I would know how to give that to him. Otherwise, so that means, cause we gotta go all the way to scripture. I can't love myself according to the world's way, which is being vain. I'm in the mirror, I'm trying to cover up, I'm trying to do all these things in my body and you call that love. No, that's false. That's false. I'm talking about where you literally say, am I rude to myself? You know, do I keep records of my own wrongs? Yeah, yeah. Because if I have the internal habit to do it, I'm going to e eventually do it with everybody else around me. Definitely the one I live with that is always in my space. So you, I, I know I can only love him according to the capacity that I have in him, which is why God says the first one is even more important, that you will love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. And I realized that this is not no, you just fall in, you don't fall in love with God. The more that you experience him, 
the more your response is, I just simply want to stay in your presence because you're that good. I am that satisfied. I am that joyful. I am that happy. I am that blessed. Everything is fulfilled, which in turn says, if I, if I am your offspring and I completely is in love with God, he begins to give me eyes to see the design of me. And then I end up being in love with myself saying, you're right. She is brilliant. She is a creative genius. She is amazing. So those eyes that I see myself becomes the vantage point that I see my husband. So when I look at him, he is brilliant. He is a creative genius. He is awesome. You're right. Because I yeah. don't have the pain of some wounded child that is saying something contrary or negative. That child has been able to grow up into an adult with me and to say, we are now one person. We are now not fragmented by what has happened because we're over that now. We're healed in that. That's what real healing is. The child in you that was hurt has now become an adult with you, has now matured and no longer lives in the childish places that it was before. And so that's what I was thinking about. Like a wise woman, she builds her house. And a wise woman, you can't become wise without the word of God, which means that she has to be completely in tune with what God wants for the house. And I mean, you know, that whole building process that Pastor Brad was talking about, like that is all like a great prophetic picture of what it looks like. Like a wise woman says, what should we do that's going to be, what kind of layout is going to be conducive for me and you? Because when you get married, it's not just about you and it's not just about him. It's about both of you being completely satisfied in your new layout. And that's what it's really, you know, um, that's what it's all about. Mm. And and I think about I think about too the um the proverb that says uh, it's better for a man to be on the roof of a house than inside a house with a nagging woman. And I realized like in, in rebuilding and redefining <laughs> shut up. Now <laughs> that every time I think about uh I think when you think about rebuilding and redefining, you also have to be a safe it has you have to be a safe place for your spouse to mm -hmm. redefine and redevelop and rebuild and mm -hmm. rechange yeah. and retransform and all of that. You have to be a safe place because if you're always like I said, like I just that's how I think some people find so that's how like infidelity come in the in the picture and, and all of that sometimes because when you're mm -hmm. constantly nagging and beating down on somebody, man, I just need a safe place to like just let my hair down and be. And that's what's it. That's what's happening. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you find other people that have that conversation that you can't have at home. And so, if we don't allow ourselves, like when when it comes to okay, we need a change in our marriage. We need a change. If you if you already got the wall up, I don't need to. I ain't changing nothing. I, then you are you 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 setting yourself up for failure because you're not even a safe place you, for that person to dwell. Yeah, you, you're not even a safe place for that person to abide. You're not even a safe place for that person to develop. You're not even a safe place for that person to be transparent and let loose. You you now you're 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 not safe. So it's it's not gonna work. You're not gonna be able to build. Otherwise, y'all, especially together, it, it's gonna be two separate houses. Two, and you know, what I'm saying you're gonna have two separate relationships, and ain't nobody gonna be getting fulfilled because y'all on opposite 
pages. But I can't be the nagging woman all the time and and having him okay. wonder, having them to run on top of the room. I just say that's the fun. That's one of the funniest conversations. Yeah, but it's so it's so real though. It's so real. So when I realized I was the nagging woman, I had to change. God had to she change. She get mad when I hit her with the scripture like Jesus. <laughs> Oh, but here's the thing: as women, like, we know what it, it, it baffles me that we all would be like, "This is what we're looking for," so we have an idea of what kind of spouse we want. But then when we get them, we trash them. You know what I mean? It's like we just and it, and it comes from that love factor. Like we absolutely have a war going on with ourselves, so we don't have anything to produce other than war in the house with them. Because we right. have war on the inside yeah, of us without. already. So you can't produce a peaceful atmosphere if your internal atmosphere is not peaceful. Right. You know what I mean? You give out. That's why it says guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flows the issues of life. Your issues of life will create your atmosphere. So whatever is going on on the inside, if you're not peaceful, if you're not, you know, that's why communication is so big in marriage because you got to articulate what is happening because it'll eventually seep out. That's what Pastor Brad and I was going through last year. So it was seeping out, but nobody was articulating what in the world is this? And when you create an environment like that and you don't address the environment, the enemy said, this is my type of stuff right here. I like to be hidden. And I like to be able to mess with things and I like tension and I like strife and I like the misunderstandings and I like the being hidden and I like the, uh, the you know, just all of that uh, environment creates the place for that attracts demonic activity. And then the next thing you know, you tell me, I didn't fell out of love. No, you didn't. You didn't articulate your experience. And so you feel a certain type of way, but the feelings is not what you should be led by. Right. You got to get to the truth of the matter and confront it and deal with it and handle it and have the hard conversation so that the goal, especially if your goal is to have, you know, a better marriage, if that's what you want, you're going to have to fight for it like you do everything else. Yeah. One thing that I want to throw in it at this point is just thinking about um, I, I, when I look at marriage, I look at the grace of God and the love of God. And let me tell you why. That's how I know that God is not has never endorsed polygamy. So we see in the Old Testament, people having multiple wives, but notice God never told them to marry multiple wives ever, right? Ever. And it never went well, right? So we see from, from uh, Abraham and Sarah, it didn't go well. Uh, we see that where, where God tells them, send her away, <laughs> send this other wife away, because it ain't gonna work both of them dwelling in your house. We see the same thing with David. We see the same thing with, with Jacob and Leah and Rachel, uh, where, where Leah had all these children, but Rachel that he really loved had none. And it became a, a, a tormenting thing uh, for her and a, a competition and, have, and it never is ordained. And then we see in the New Testament what God says that if you're going to be a leader in my church, if you're going to be an elder in my church, you have to be the husband of one wife. Not saying that you can't get, you can't get divorced. It's saying that you can only have one wife at a time. Right. And the reason that is, is because the heart of God is that he brought one man and one woman together. And here's the thing. The reason I see the grace of God in marriage is this. I get the opportunity to learn, learn to love every version of this woman. So just when I'm tired of that one version, quote unquote, uh, uh, one version, God is calling her to be somebody different. And I'm excited about who she'll be when she's 50, who she'll be. I'm going to get I'm going to have a different woman every decade. Amen. And so I don't, I don't have to go out. And get some, I don't have to go out and get somebody different because she's gonna change. As, yeah. as being people in God, she's going to change. And as she changes again, as long as it's in line with the character of God, I get to reap the benefits of her becoming a new her. 
and for me to so I'm excited because baby and at 60 baby you still gonna be sexy you would be, be a different sexy cue and when and, and that I can I can be excited and gracious about that I don't have to get another wife because a lot of times people have gone out and gotten divorced and gotten somebody different and realized that they're waking up with the same person with a different face right and so you didn't got married again and facing the same things because guess what that person's gonna change and when they change up oh, you out now you into your third one up oh, you into your fourth one and what is happening is you don't realize that life is designed to be redesigned and to be rebuilt over and over again and so you have to be willing to go through the renovations of life with people as they as long as they're following Christ and their eyes on Jesus and they're willing to change you got to go with it because it's going to become beautiful again it may get rough it may look ugly for a moment but if you don't give up and, and like I said the question that we need to stop asking in marriage is uh, do you still love me because the feelings may may come and go but you have to say baby you still willing to change yeah I'm willing to change baby you still want to change yeah I'm willing to change okay well we're going to make it then because see, we can get back to the feelings and the romantic stuff and all that, but when you what breaks you up is when people say, "No, I ain't changing. This is who I am, and I ain't doing nothing." And that's what breaks up marriages. Not the fact of not loving, because as Christians, we call it the love regardless of people's behavior, right? It's the fact when you stick your heels in and say, "No, mm -mm, I ain't changing. I don't care if you like it or not. I don't care if it's what's best for us or not. I ain't changing no more." And that's what breaks your marriage up. Mm-hmm. Hey, Alvin, you was about to say something, No. Well, I was, um, I was gonna talk about just a little bit. I ain't gonna say, I ain't gonna go too deep. But I like another part, like even recently that we are redefining just because this summer our intimacy is different. So now we having to make point like it's. You know how sometimes you have that fantasy like, yeah, this is how the love making gonna be. You know, we gonna. Yeah, you know, we're gonna we gonna have this, we're gonna do it this way, we're gonna, you know, I'm gonna be all decked out, but it come, you know, sometimes life happens. And so for us recently it's been these kids ain't going to sleep. These <laughs> these kids uh, <laughs> these kids and I'm talking about twelve and Alvin gotta get up at five AM. You know, he gotta get up at five AM and all that. So we in a season of redefining our intimacy. Like we yeah. have to make a change, you know, and, and I remember like having a conversation. Let's keep, come on, we married, we, we in the kingdom and we, we make love. Let's talk about it. So like, I remember one time in our marriage, Elvin was saying like, well, you ain't the same. <laughs> he was like, you ain't the same like you used to be. And I just remember like, then I had to let him in a little bit to realize okay i got some trauma that i have to i'm dealing with right now and so my intimacy level is not the same it is it's, it's I, i'm not i'm not i'm not um as open as i used to be when i was just a young whippersnapper you know what i'm saying i'm a, i'm developing into a woman and a woman of god and i'm starting to look at you know what i'm saying i'm starting to learn myself and and, and change as a woman so sexually i'm different you know what i'm saying and we had to have that conversation and so now it's before i remember i was holding on to like you know i need this and i i, I need the i need the you know i need the candles and i need all of this and at this stage and like i said the kids is up so we can't even do we don't got time for all that we you know what i'm saying so we have to now as we as we rebuild and redefine who we are right now in this season now we have settled on okay we're gonna 
uh, certain days when we know that the kids are they with grandma wherever they are okay let's 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 have our time together and we have to be okay with that until we get to a point where it changes again and i think in marriages we um we get settled on like what is the sex not good no more you know or you know it's it's no longer you know and we and you have to realize even in your your making love there has to be some rebuilding and redefining. You have to know that things that, you know, might have worked before might not work now. Or the level of libido is not as high as it used to be as you get older. So, you know, it's just things that you have to give the wrong my I and it has to be a it has to be uh 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 you can't ever be sick. <laughs> oh my gosh. You have to be a safe place to be able to talk about it like, okay, my desire yeah. not quite there or my desire is high right now or we need to make this date or we need to set this time aside or we, you know, let's get it on whenever. But however, you have to re- rebuild it and define it for your marriage, but you have to work together and be honest about it and then be okay yeah. with the season until it changes again. So, yeah. And, I, and I, another thing I'll throw in there, Rail, is also not to get complacent in where you are at the moment, right? So one thing that I've learned um, from 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 other men of God is that because your your relationship it'll be different when uh, your your spouse spouses you go through menopause, right? It'll be it's different when a woman is pregnant, you know. And what happens is, but here's the thing though, uh, the other end of that, the other side of that coin is us not getting to a place where we said, well, this is the way it is right now, right? So if I know me and Pastor Queen talk about this a lot with married couples. That if I know that something sexually is off in our marriage, then I just can't say, well, it just is this how I am right now. You have to say, well, let me, again, do introspection of what's causing this to be. Let me do some research. You know what I mean? Do I need to go to a specialist? Do I need to do something to discover, is this supposed to be this way? You know what I mean? And sometimes women that say, well, I just ain't in the mood right now. And I ain't, I just ain't in the mood, right? And so if it becomes, a, it's one thing if it's a, for a small season because the other thing's going on. It's another thing if it becomes... A repetitive thing where you have to decide because for marriage, uh, a, even a kingdom marriage, sex is a very important part. It's not the only part. It's not the most important, but it is a part of it. And so, if it's not, I get, I, I'm in full support of everything you said when it comes to. Sometimes we gotta get in where we fit in. Sometimes our time and our dates and all that will shift because of what's going on in life, and that has to be understandable. We gotta be fluid and, and willing to change with that. But also, I'm talking about for those people that may be listening who say, well, it's been like this for the past 10 years of our marriage. And to me, that says that there's some feet in the ground somewhere where somebody's not willing to change. Because if I know that I am, because it's sometimes it's meant to, as the frigid person, if it's going on for a prolonged time and the person is saying, I want this, baby, I want to have sex with you. I want I want to be intimate with you. And they're not in the mood. And the other person said, well, no, I just, I'm just, I'm, I just, I don't feel like that. And then they're not willing to figure out why and just say, just do you just go out to accept it. You still put your foot, foot in the ground and say, I ain't changing. I don't care whether you want it or not. I ain't changing. And so that is a problem that can just breaking up mar- even kingdom marriages. Because again, it's not about love. It's about have you put your feet on the gr- in the ground and say, I'm walking no further. I'm not changing this. Because when your spouse brings something to you that is reasonable, you know, that is in your power to do, 
And you said, well, no. Mm-mm. No. Why? The question is, why won't you change? It's, it's somewhere in your heart, like y'all talked about earlier and we talked about earlier, somewhere pride is set in, where mm-hmm. even though you know something is wrong, something in you says, I won't change even to fix it. Yeah, and you got to almost like, and I know people who literally have like, it's like sexual trauma is deep. Okay, I didn't have sexual trauma. If you've been molested or raped or whatever. And the part that is always question mark to me that I still be asking God sometimes, like, how in the world could I be loose booty in the world? Right. I mean, that's real talk, right? We doing it real or what, right? Yes, how is it that you can be lit? You know what I mean? In the world. <laughs> I know teacher Devon, listen to this, this people hold this But if you, you know, in the world, you are like gung ho for whatever reason, <laughs> literally. <laughs> but then it's like when you get in marriage, something happens. I think something deeper happens because what you was giving away, I realized that what I was giving away, that don't mean I was present. When I'm with my husband, I'm present. And now it, 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 it the that this whole transaction is, is touching deep places. Cause it becomes real worship to God when it's with someone who is actually intimately loving you and deliberately loving you. Um, so it's a lot that goes into it and it's just a deeper whole moment that you gotta be like, wait a minute, you touching some places or, you know, you gotta really articulate that. So anybody that's dealing with like sexual trauma, like here's another thing that don't really get talked about that I had to contend with. If you are taking medicines, they affect your stuff. As a woman, if you are like high blood pressure, I'm telling you right now, high blood pressure medicine is ki- will kill your libido. Sp- specific ones, anything that ends in LOL, which is hilarious to me. But if it's labetalol or something log, when I looked that up, because I said something is wrong here, okay. When you look that up, one of the main freaking side effects is it. It literally because it's adjusting your um you know, your, your, the pumping of your blood and all of that. And you need your blood to pump if you're going to be in the mood, right? So if it is trying to normalize everything, it's going to affect, it ain't dealing with your reproductive system. It's trying to make sure your heart and your brain stay intact, right? So your body has priorities and protocols that it goes with. Diet is a lot. Weight is a lot. So it's like, you got to really consider all them factors and then be like, what are we going to do about this moment? And, but you got to be open to your spouse and your spouse also got to be understanding, but you also got to act like you got a plan in mind. I don't know what that may look like for you. If you got, you just kind of got to, you just got to realize that you're the person that you got to do a little bit more to get into the mood and you got to be okay with that and you kind of got to do it for the sake of because if you really love the other person and and it was something i was talking to another um um woman about when she was just articulating her experience with her marriage and she said you know when i look at marriage i look at it as that i get to have a different type of relationship that is different from having just friendship because now it becomes legal in marriage under God that I can take this relationship to another level, another level to be pleasured. And so if I'm not being pleasured, it is just as the same as you should have just remained single. You know what I mean? So that comes with the territory. And so if you're not going to do that part, it does affect, you know, the relationship because that's one of the pieces that come with, that's the reason why we took it to another level. You know what I mean? Like me and Pastor Brad was best friends. The moment we started having feelings is the moment for each other is the moment we started 
asking God a question. Like, what are we doing here? Because we can't be friends and have feelings. Like, what's going on? You know, and but at that time, you know, God was dealing with us and, you know, we came together, broke up, came together, broke up. But in the end, God was like, if y'all don't get it together, I have ordained this for y'all to be together. You know what I mean? And so if you're going to take it there, you know, our relationship, we was pure the whole time. You know what I mean? So it wasn't like, we was under God doing stuff and you know whatever like that trying to suffice or try to satisfy that moment we knew that marriage meant this is what you do next this is um applicable for this type of relationship and you only have this one relationship that you can pretty much go all out you know with but as women and men too sometimes it is definitely the health you know what I mean and you gotta ask the doctor some questions and you gotta look at all of the things you're doing, you know what I mean? The things that we put in our bodies, you know, if you're a smoker or if you're a drinker, like, you know, if we are, you know, like I said, we're obese and overweight or if we don't drink enough water, like, you know, come on women, we need we need water down there. You need to give it water, you know what I mean? Like, you gotta drink water or, you know, it's, it's so many moments, you know, that I wish that somebody had told me. Like, if I had yeah. a daughter, I would be discussing these things with her when she is a fiance you know what i mean like now let me tell you some things that need to happen you know what i mean and i wish that somebody talked to me about my health so that it was always going to be in check and i had habits that made sense you know what i mean but then it's like we got married happy healthy and eating and you know what i mean and we were just doing it up and then it's like oh this affects the sex life for real you know what i mean and then trying to get that in check so it's a lot to that whole realm and you really have to care enough to ask a lot of questions and even ask god because i know he will tell you straight up you ain't drinking no water you dry as a bit like what are you gonna do you know what i mean i'm being legit honest you know what i mean or it's your medicine that's one thing god told me he said check your medicine because i just was like something ain't right god something has changed in my life like what is it you know and my premenopausal like what the freak is happening you know because I, I started my puberty early in life meaning that 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 age that normal people would have it i have the potential to have it earlier than other women because i started so early so you gotta look at like all you gotta check all of the individual stuff and say what, what can we do about this and they have things you know that you can get into medicines or not like more medicines but like natural supplements and different things that kind of like assist but you just gotta really want it too and then the other part is for women we are nurturers and want to be nurtured and so if um that you the, the the woman has to articulate if she has something in her heart that is against you that causes her not to open up you know what i mean like do you really trust the man you need to tell him i don't trust you because you have done a b and c to me and that affects the way I see you and want to warm up to you. I can't warm up to you if I don't trust you. You know what I mean? So we have to look at ourselves emotionally, psychologically, and biologically. Mm -hmm. I I just wanted to say, I remember one time I was talking to the spirit about that because that was a question I I want to answer, like why people's sex drive go down when they get married. And I heard the Lord say that because it's no longer a sin no more, the flesh wants nothing to do with it. See, when you're in the world, your your flesh is craving anything that's that's a sin. And it's love, then. It, yeah, it, it, yeah it, it's, it's craving it. 
So now that when you get married and it's no longer a sin, your flesh is trying to tell you to not want it. Yeah, to go to it's it's it's, you know what I'm saying. It's it's repelling against you know what I'm saying. It's it's not it don't your flesh don't want it. So it it because it's spiritual now. When you're married, it becomes spiritual, and the flesh don't want nothing spiritual. Right. The Bible says that that before there was a law that the law Paul says it in Romans the seventh chapter, I believe, or the sixth chapter. He says that. Um, it was like sin came awaken me when there was a law telling me it was wrong before I didn't have any uh, interest in it but because I know I can't do it now yeah. sin is awakening me to want to do it and so right. our, question, yeah. our question came through why is marriage so important and I would love to answer this Go ahead. so um, from the very beginning um, I believe um, that we are able to do the assignment of, uh, of God the greatest when we are married i go back to the book of genesis where the bible says that god had created adam and then he said that it is not good for man to be alone right meaning that though adam could do it by himself the optimum performance can come out of his life and his assignment for god in marriage with with somebody else and so god put adam to sleep took a rib out and created a woman and then he brought them together and said now you all keep the garden because think about it just from a, a natural standpoint if Adam had to tend the garden by himself he could be exhausted but when it's two of y'all y'all can do the work a lot more efficiently you can do it a lot more. and somebody else got your back you got somebody on your level to relate to and to talk to and in relationship a spouse and your children are the people who cause you to change and grow the most See, when you're a single person and you uh, you can do your own thing, you can go home and you, everybody at church can think you're wonderful, but people that live in your house know how nasty you really are. And so your spouse and your children are the ones that challenge you the most to change. They reflect God because a lot of times God is speaking through them. See, I, I know a lot of people in church that got people fooled and they shout and speak in tongues and roll on the carpet and they eat by ho, ho, ho. And just as nasty when they go home. But when you got somebody living in your house that calls it out on you, it causes you to change. And some of us run from relationship because we don't want people to see the skeletons in our closet. But you can only, again, like we talked about at the beginning of, of this uh, of this uh, session, that any time um, that God causes us to change, he applies pressure. If you want a muscle to grow, you got to have some resistance. And a lot of times when you're married, your spouse is the one that'll call you on the carpet when nobody else will. Not only are they in your corner to support you, and they, they also are a second set of eyes to point out, baby, you don't see that? Baby, you don't, nah, baby, that ain't that ain't God. And other people are going along, you wonderful, pastor, you awesome. But my wife will pull me aside and say, pastor, or Brad, nah, that ain't right. No, nah, I know everybody else saying you wonderful. They may be afraid or intimidated by you, but your spouse not. And they'll pull you and tell you. And you know that if you got the right one, they're doing it out of a heart of love. They're reflecting God to you, right? And so marriage is so important because there is a covenant between you and God. And you're signing up to do it. Because think about even from this perspective. In the kingdom of God, God says that we, the bride of Christ, that Jesus is coming back for his bride. Meaning that there is something about marriage that's unbreakable. That's a covenant that produces the most growth. He tells husbands to love your wife as Christ loved the church. And for wives to submit to your husband as you do unto Christ. Meaning that there's something that we gain in marriage that we can gain in no other set. 
this, I hope that answers the, the, the question. It's so important because it changes you the most. It grows you the most. It, 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 it perfects you the most. It helps you the most. Because as a single person, I can do whatever I want to. I ain't got to be accountable to nobody if I really don't want to, even in the kingdom. I can say whatever I want to. I can think I'm right. I can think all my ideas are the most wonderful thing in the world. But when I get married, now somebody's telling me, no, that's not right. And baby, you may be all that in five helicopters to everybody else, but you still don't wash no dishes. And baby, you still don't pay no bills on time. And see, sometimes we don't want nobody close to that because we don't want nobody telling us nothing. But in marriage, it challenges you. It's Hallelujah. Yeah, it exposes you and it challenges you to grow. And you can think you all that, but your spouse said, no, them feet still stink. Hallelujah. You still you still got a nasty attitude. I know you the fool the people at the church because you ain't talk about it in front of them, but I shouldn't have heard about it enough. You still got a nasty attitude. You still prideful. Come on. And so your spouse can tell you those things in love. And so, so you don't think you wonderful. <laughs> so you don't think that you some amazing thing. They, they pull you right on back down to reality. Your children do it. Your children, with, that's, when you get married and you have children, your children tell you, Mom, you mean. Dad, you mean. You was mean. My son tell me sometimes, Daddy, you was mean to me. And come on, you think you the most great. You done done everything right. And they said, Daddy, you was mean to me. You hollered at me. And that bring me right on back on down, son. I'm sorry, because I never want to be a dad that hollers at you. I apologize, son. I was wrong for that. Come on, it helps you to know that you still got room to grow. That you still ain't mm -hmm. arrived nowhere. Come on, mm -hmm. somebody. That, that you ain't a, yeah. you ain't some great you ain't no great one, but you ain't arrived nowhere. Yeah. And some people would um like to use the scripture where Paul well, Paul actually mentions about singlehood. Um, to use it almost as a basis as if that is um, the will of God. But I always go back to the original intent. Now, granted, we in the fall of man, so the ratios might not be the same if everybody decided they want somebody, right? But there are people who do have made up their mind that they do not want to be married. And that is still okay. It's not a heaven or hell issue. It's a desire issue. But do know that it is the it's technically the will of God for every man to have somebody. It was his original intent, and that was Paul's advice. Yeah, because Paul said and in that scripture, Paul says, I I wish that all of you could be single like I am, right? Because you can better serve the Lord, meaning that you don't have to consider somebody else when the Lord tells you to do something. So you gotta go talk to your wife or your husband. If the Lord tells you he hey, I want you to go to Africa for a month, where if you're not married, you can just go, right? Yeah. But there's still a level of growth and change that yeah. only happens in marriage. Paul said, I just wish it. And, and, and if you read the book of Timothy, Corinthians, Paul even tells you, this is not a command from the Lord. This right. is what I think about it. And yeah. then he comes back and says, but this is a command from the Lord. And so that was one of the things Paul says that I wish that all y'all could keep yourself, meaning not fornicate and be single like I am. But he says, but it's better for you to marry than to burn. Yeah. 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 I hope we answered you. Yes. Yeah. That's a good question though. Because yes. the world thinks that it's um it's just a certificate. <laughs> but we like like Pastor Brad and I, we actually got a program called More Than Paper. It is for people who are thinking about getting married, people who want to just get their relationship together with their significant other and those who are actually married and need counseling, right? So it's called more than paper, you know what I mean? For a reason, because to God it is way bigger than you signing those papers. The papers is the administration of the world. Standing before God saying, 
um what your vows is a is a whole moment because god always talks about don't be uttering nothing under heaven you ain't trying to keep because your word is your bond because from god's vantage point he said something it is bond he can't undo it or he will throw existence out of whack think about that if god says one lie it will undo this whole life right so he so he's serious about my word is bond that's why he don't just utter stuff that's not going that he do not want to come to pass in your life he actually only speaks when it is purposeful right right because he can't say anything so he wants us as his offspring to be the same way so we so when we stand before god talking about i'm gonna love you till death do you part i'm gonna be with you and all of the stuff elaborate stuff that we say we better make sure that we are signing completely up for that moment it is best that you have time to see the person you're trying to marry in its full element when they with their family when they alone with their house look like you know talk about them finances talk about your sexual past life talk about your relationship with your parents talk about your you know your money habits talk about do you have any friends because if you ain't got no friends you'll be all up in my butt for real and you'll be trying to control my life and have me not have no friends so you got to talk about everything yeah that's what we force couples to do oh we're gonna talk about it up in these sessions because you need to know and then they looking all surprised i didn't know that that's something you're gonna want to know because that is gonna be a deal breaker it is important to have a whole scope you need to be continually interviewing the person you think you're gonna be with and before you marry somebody you should you should already start to articulate some things you want them to change and then check them out and that's why <laughs> when you date yeah. somebody you should be in a hurry to get married right yeah. don't let ask them to change something that is in within reason uh, that you require and then yeah. watch them over time because a man is good at changing for a little while he'll go to church with you for a little while and all that but elongate that time out that's why the bible says let patience have its perfect work let let it extend for a while see if they can keep it up see if they yeah. can keep going with it because if they can't if they can't keep it up then you already know that oh oh you changed this for the moment just to get me to shut me up Right, but that ain't who you really are because I want to see who you are. Right. I don't just want you to change to appease me. I want to see if it's in you because if it's ain't in you, you can't maintain it. Oh yeah, that's why they the old the people old used to be like, um, don't start nothing you can't maintain. You know my how grandma, women would be like, I watch this every day for him and all that, and then yep. you miss because he's looking for that, but you started it. You know what I mean? That's why it's good to just be authentically you. Tell the truth. I've I don't learned, like this. We're gonna figure I've this learned. out. But I'm telling you now. I learned from my grandmother the saying is you start out how you can hold out. <laughs> and if you if you don't start and you can't hold out, come on, you talking, baby, I'll take you out every weekend. Yeah, that was when it was mm-hmm. just you and them, but now y'all got five kids. Mm. And she told me something, what what you we ain't going out no more, baby. We barely make it a week macaroni in every night. And you talking about going out somewhere. And who go and then who gonna keep all these five who gonna keep all these five kids for us to go out? Chicken flavor, shrimp. Right. So come on. So you have to you better start out how you can hold out. It's all right to change. You know, and sometimes you gotta go through a season of we eating at home because we got, you know, other responsibilities until we can get where the kids going and we can start doing that again. Right? But but you come on, you gotta be willing to change, but you better start out how you can hold out. Don't give nobody no expectation. Baby, I like it every night. Yeah, you were doing that when y'all first was married, right? Now you have C-sections and and all you talking about some listen. If you see me once a week, <laughs> you better be thanking the Lord. <laughs> come on. You better come on, you better know. Come on, come on. And you gotta you have to but again, it's about rebuilding and re redesigning and saying and redefining and saying, baby, I know we said 
five times a week. And we're just being honest, five times a week. But baby, are you okay with three? Yeah, baby, I'm okay with three. Are you willing to change? Yeah, I'm willing to change, baby. That's fine with me. Cause I know you tired. I'm tired too. Hallelujah. And then just redefine, right? Then when you're, you know, and, and, I, and we haven't gotten to this place in our life yet, but then sometimes some women, when they get the menopause, they be hot to trot all the time. So you, you, you women got said, honey. Really looking forward to it, ain't he? Said, so, honey, <laughs> honey, I'm always in the mood. And you said, well, look, the promised land has come. <laughs> you you are man. We, on, we on the other side of the mountain, Lord. <laughs> what I've been waiting for. <laughs> you are hot, man. But yeah, you have to be, but it's those conversations. Come on, you living life with this person. You got to have right. these these conversations with them. If I always say this, if you can't be yourself with your wife, who can you be yourself with? Who will you be yourself with? She didn't seen every listen, my wife can have my babies. I didn't seen them put out I didn't seen them put a placenta out and all that. I didn't seen every part of my wife. I why if I can if she can expose all of her body, her insides to me, why she can't expose her heart to me? Come on. I can't expose my heart to her. Why can't I she didn't seen everything about me? And some people are more open with their children than they are with their spouse, mm-hmm. which I don't get. That's unhealthy. And I would say to just continually have the conversation, even when it's good, y'all both have to you both have to sit down and say, okay, don't don't go years silent or on autopilot, just assuming that because we making it through, because we surviving, we good or we satisfied. No, you gotta continuously come back and have the conversation. Okay, what do we need to change? I hope this conversation is like sparking couples to yeah. start having that conversation. Okay, what have we doing? What have we been doing for this for so long that's maybe working, but God might be ready for us to step it up a little bit? Or what do we need to scale back? Or what 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 that what areas are you unsatisfied in that you haven't said anything about? I'm, I'm giving you the space to speak yeah. about it because a lot of times mm-hmm. when you've been mm-hmm. married for so long, you get so used to each other, you automatically assume things about your spouse, and y'all just keep on going down the years and you look up five years later and you're wondering why it's like oh my gosh something off we 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 we've been disconnected for so long but we never saw it or something was something brewing over there and i never knew it because we never sat down and had a conversation i thought you were good i thought i thought i thought we was good you know so it takes constantly coming back scared to break that routine scared to break the routine you have to you have to be okay with you have to come to the conversation uh y'all have to come before each other constantly and over and over even when it's good even when y'all up even when y'all having good days to 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 just connect and talk about what's yeah. going on between the both of y'all so you don't go years later saying that you should have you should have changed back then well if i didn't know what i'm you know i thought we was good so that's that's a thing, place. Real, here's yeah. something that i always tell i always tell couples because sometimes people serve in papers, right? And sometimes when people are serving papers, they get divorced, they got to go through mediation. And you get in mediation and they'd say, the person said, well, when did it go break down? And the person said, I ain't been happy in the last seven years. And my question is always, did you tell your spouse that? No, exactly. I, thought they, I thought they would know. How would they know? And then yeah. the other spouse I asked, did you ever ask? Did you ever ask were they happy? Were, were they, was everything okay? No, y'all just was living life Coaching saying, I ain't gonna say nothing, you ain't gonna say nothing, and now you're here. <laughs> right? Because right. And when you, you come, must be a polite. Yeah. 
Go ahead. And when you come out of that honeymoon phase, because sometimes when you you first meet somebody, it's like, oh my God, you speak in my mind, and da da da. You you know you just know me so well, and you get past that and then y'all start going through some things and then you start seeing like you said marriage exposes everything it brings everything to the forefront so something that you might not have seen before it shows up and then you like oh snap i ain't know this part i know this side of you okay how we going like but if we continue to think that we are mind readers that's not how relationship is we are meant to communicate and have the conversations and listen to each other so that we can go forward and cop, come to come to an understanding so that we can move forward like we should and so going silent is, is, have, is a dangerous thing mm-hmm. that's like a very dangerous thing because that for real because in reality that that can help the other your spouse too because they'll be dry you know what i'm saying they'll they'll be going years 10 years doing the same thing because they think that's what's satisfying you they think that's you know what I'm saying that's what you like. So they might want to change, but they'll be scared that their change might not be good for you. So why yeah. if it's if it ain't broke, why try to fix it? But yeah. the whole time it's broke, yeah. and you, you just not you just mm-hmm. not saying. Everybody trying yeah. not to rock the boat. Sometimes y'all yeah. get capsized. Turn it over. Come on, turn come over on. And y'all, and y'all swim the shore and decide yeah. how y'all yeah. get to the other side again. You yeah, because that's what that, that's that's what he said. Flip the whole boat. That's what I was thinking about when you were talking, Sherelle. That you get adrift at sea. That that's you right. stop actually navigating the ship. You just sitting that's on right. the ship, letting it just coast to whatever destination. But the whole time, you need to always try to be in um, in motion, intentionally in motion. Yeah. And so, one of the things that um, Pastor Brad and I do is that we ask each other often what's on your mind and what's on your heart because sometimes you can be within your own self and don't realize that you're not even articulating that you are having an experience and then your spouse pick it up i mean some people they feel i don't know why we feel like that other people should automatically know you know what's going on with us i'm married to a prophet and he don't be having a clue so <laughs> what I'm saying is no, what I'm saying is because people think prophets are always on. And so if you marry the exactly. you should know everything. That ain't how that works. That's not how it works. <laughs> so first of all, God is the one who, you know, activates prophetic. That'll start there. Number exactly. two, <laughs> it ain't something that he can just turn on on himself. Because if he did, that means where's God? You know what I mean? So number two, God puts you in a relationship to communicate. That's why he gave you a whole mouth and a whole mind and reasoning and intellect so that you can articulate your experience or what you are going on and if you are with someone and you can't articulate your experience that's a breakdown by itself too yeah because that's because i was just thinking about it when you when you're dealing with then sometimes when you're dealing with rejection you can sense that something is going on with your spouse but you're scared to ask because you're scared of the answer you're you're Mm -hmm. you're scared you're scared that they're going to you're scared that they're gonna say, "No, I'm not happy." No, I, you know what I'm saying. No, I, 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 you know what I'm saying. So, so you rather keep them quiet and just go on about life, or as long as they still here, they ain't left yet. They ain't left yet. And I know that if I bring it up, yeah. that's that's gonna be the trigger. That's yeah. that's gonna be the trigger. They just waiting but, for me to bring it up. So, but look, but here's the thing: communication actually breeds intimacy. 
Right, right. Man, because I can be literally anytime. I always tell Bradley, I say, "Yeah, you a great articulator." But I love having conversations with him. Love when you go to like those places, those deep things, and you have deep talks. After that, when uh, Uncle Albert said, "The mind right, the body fall in line," because you've emptied yourself. Yeah. And so you're ready to be poured into in a different way now. Oh, oh. Wow, come on, come on. It's so crucial. I hope that you all have got this again <laughs> throughout your marriages. Um, whether you're married or you want to be married, you're going to have to go through renovations, rebuilding and redefining. It's not something to happen once. It's not ha- something that's going to happen twice. It's, it's going to keep happening through your marriage because God is calling us to change. He's calling us to transform. And every time you got to take everything down to the studs and say, yeah, that worked. This kitchen worked in the 70s, but is it going to work in 2021? And if no, it's okay for it to be messy for a while. It's okay to go through the hard work of tearing the cabinets down and all that. Long as we're still in agreement that we're going to rebuild together. And whatever we build with God as the master builder, it's going to be beautiful in the end. And so it's okay. It's okay to look and see, oh my God, we got a crack here. And oh my God, we had an infestation here. But guess what? We're going to get it right. That's the key. You always have to have vision before you to say, oh, it's going to be beautiful again. Yeah, we're going through something right now. It's going to be beautiful again, just for the moment. It's okay. Yeah, we living in a hotel because we're doing a renovation everywhere. But guess what? It's going to be beautiful again. And we in agreement with that. We willing to change. We're going to change anything in this house that the Lord has built. And so that is the most important thing. Redesign redefine your marriage. God is for you. Your marriage is more than paper. It's a covenant between you, your spouse, and God. And with the three of you all, you can make it through anything. You can survive it. If you hold on to each other and hold on to him, you can survive it. Sure, it may be devastating. Other people may have given up on it, but just because they gave up don't mean you got to give up. And so we thank you for joining us tonight. And we thank you for for listening in or wherever you listen to or whenever you're listening to this. 